You're listening to the Who Does That podcast. You're listening to the Who Does That podcast. I'm Sam Cunningham and I'm joined by Dave Simmons. Hi, Dave. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I understand you're a retired uh, NRL Panthers uh, player. Um, it's good to have you. I'm keen to ask you some questions about uh, the NRL. Do you just want to briefly tell us what years and teams uh, you played for? Yes. So let me just remember. Um, I started playing in 2003 for the Sharks because I, I grew up in the Shire and they were my you know local team and I got to play for them, which was awesome. Uh, then I moved out to Penrith in 2010 and played for them for five or oh, six seasons and finished up in 2015. So I played for the Sharkies and the Panthers. Awesome. And I guess my first question to you is around that is um, if you wanted just to tell us briefly your story of getting into the NRL. Uh, so kind of what does it take for someone, anyone, uh, to join the NRL? Is it luck? Is it just talent? Uh, is it a mixture of hard work? Um, mm. yeah, do you want to unpack that a bit for us? Yeah, so I actually started playing footy quite late, I guess. Um, I was 14 years old and I'd always loved to watch footy and play in the backyard and play at school, that kind of stuff. But I wasn't playing on the weekends. And uh, when I was when I was 14, I thought, oh, I'll join the I'll join a rugby league team and, and see how I go because I like playing it. And so I started playing footy when I was, you know, in the under 15s. And uh, you know, I was I was pretty, you know, pretty raw. I couldn't tackle anything, um, but I was fast. And so I could, I could, I could go well and attack, and sort of just do my best in defence. And um, the team I played for were just—they were across the road from Shark Park, um, so so close to the Sharks there. And, and so when the opportunity came up to try out for the Sharks Juniors, I, I went across and tried out. And um, actually, I hurt my knee or something, and I didn't make that team. And I sort of thought, oh, that's it, you know, like all my all my. Guys I knew were making the team and I wasn't making the team. And so I tried out again a couple of years later and actually made the team in the under-18s. And so that was my first taste of, you know, being in a, in a system. And, like, I was not the best player or anything. So I would sort of be on the bench or in the reserves or things like that. Um, but, I, you know, I worked pretty hard. I had that going for me. And so as I look back, um, there were guys back then who were much more talented than I was, like way more talented, really good players and all that kind of stuff, just naturals. They could tackle. Um, and so, but they didn't make it, a lot of those guys. Uh, or, they, or they might sort of get close and then not make it. And so as I look back, I think the thing that helped me to, to make it in the end was just that I was ready to, to work really hard um, and, and do the training. And for a lot of people, that's just um, their heart's not in it. They'd rather, you know, hang out with their mates or, or you know, they don't see a future in it so they want to go do uni or something. And so there's lots of different reasons why people don't pursue the career. Uh, but for me, I sort of thought, yeah, like I like this and uh, I can I can do it. And so where a lot of guys who are better than me sort of went off and did other things, um, I sort of stuck at it and, uh, you know, eventually got better. And, um, and so it was sort of through that pathway that I made it to the NRL. And I remember, I guess, the, probably the biggest turning point was when I was trying out for the Australian schoolboys when I was in year 12 and I didn't make it. I was, I felt ripped off, but didn't make the team. Um, but I came back to the Sharks at that point and uh, a lot of my mates who were playing for the Sharks went off to England on, on this trip of England with the schoolboys and was, you know, I was so jealous. 
But I came back and started playing second grade that year when I was in year 12. And so I was playing against men, you know, guys that had played first grade. So I was getting bashed each week, but I was sort of learning uh, this is what it takes to play NRL. And so by the time actually all the Australian schoolboys came back, I'd been playing, you know, um, half a season with these men and I actually turned into a, a player that could play NRL. And so the next season, actually, that's when I made my debut, um, my first year out of high school. And, um, and so that was kind of a, it was actually a, a bit of a blessing in disguise to miss out on that team and, and come back and, and sort of grind away uh, with the big boys. That's awesome. That's so cool. It's so cool that those opportunities arose out of, yeah, what seemingly uh, wasn't what you wanted at the time. Um, so it seems like it's quite a, it is that hard work can push through. Uh, and I guess knowing what you're getting into or at least wanting that sounds like um, a key component. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess uh, now that we're kind of in the footy, you're playing for Sharks or you're playing for Panthers, um, got some pretty uh, NRL direct questions for you. Um, I guess the first one would have to be like looking back, what's your career highlight? Has it been a, a standout moment? <laughs> yeah, career highlight. That's, that's always a funny question because I played for the Sharks when they weren't doing that well. And then I played for the Panthers when they weren't doing that well. So, you know, I sort of was, I was, I was always in these teams that um, were not the best. So I don't have, I didn't win a grand final. Uh, I only played three finals matches my whole career, you know, of 13 seasons. So I sort of missed out a lot on that. Um, but I think highlight wise, um, I think just, just the fact that I had a, had a long career, like I had like a, you know, 10 years plus career in the NRL. Um, played, I got to play 200 games. I got to score 100 tries and that kind of stuff like that, that doesn't happen for a lot of people. And so as I look back, it's sort of the, the whole thing is kind of, I guess, my, I guess something that I'm proud of and uh, my highlight is that just being able to, to be in that league for that long uh, is just a real, um, something I look back on and just very thankful for, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Sounds like you... If there was a career footy card, you'd have quite a stacked one. By the sounds of it, if they were still around, those cards. I've got I've got a few in a drawer somewhere. I've got some footy yeah, cards no. around. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't put them out anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that was the closest thing I ever had to footy was the footy cards and trading them in primary school. So nice. very cool, awesome. Um, was there you know favorite ground to play on? Least favorite? Uh, anything like that? Yeah, so um, I remember, I remember the first time I went to SunCorp when I was a young Sharks player, and it, you know it, it was it was packed. It was forty thousand screaming Broncos fans, and we're playing up there, and that was that was just surreal. And I, you know when you play on the wing, you're so close to the stands, and especially at SunCorp, you're right next to the fans, and that was probably my first time I'd really. You know, heard some things that I don't think should be spoken at a football ground. You know, <laughs> toward me, directed toward me, and yeah. uh, and I got you get used to that over your career. Um, and, but that was that was a real highlight. Playing playing at SunCorp in front of forty thousand was massive. That was my first big big game, I guess. Um, and then you know, there's, it's it's good. I got to play in. We played in Perth, played in South Australia, played in New Zealand, um, played up in you know North Queensland. So you get to travel around the country, which is really cool. Um, I think I think I love playing at uh, Panthers, uh, whatever it's called now, Panther Stadium or something. Mm. 
I think it's just it is the best grass in the whole NRL. You know, um, when you play on grass for so long, you really, you know, start to rate it and, and look at it and, and get a feel for it. And so I think Panthers Stadium, the best grass in the NRL. So that's probably the best one. Wow. Yeah. True. Very interesting. I wouldn't have thought about the, the grass quality being a a talking point amongst yeah. players. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a massive difference. Like if you play at Leichhardt, for example, um, you know, it's very hard. It's a really hard ground, especially toward the middle and the corners mm-hmm. kind of slope down toward the edges. So like every ground has its kind of unique character. Um, and so yeah, you would like some grounds better than others, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, totally. I guess uh, my next question kind of bounces off that about uh, travelling a lot. Um, would there be anything... Uh, you'd want to share, I guess, with footy fans, especially now that, you know, all the footy players are in a bubble, some of their families, some are not. Um, mm. You know, I've seen a lot of different media conversations and fans. They're very passionate. They also get very heated about, you know, players and the stresses on them. Um, would there be any, like, anything you'd want to share about the experience of a footy player who's full-time training, you know, eyes on the prize kind of thing? And obviously you can't... Uh, say you've experienced being in a bubble, but you could empathise with them. Would there be anything you'd want to, like, I guess, share or talk about the life of a a travelling footy player that you'd want fans to consider uh, while they're in a bubble? Um, Yeah, I think, like, I mean, I I think of the New Zealand Warriors, you know, um, as, as I guess, an example of um, probably what's really hard about playing rugby league at the moment. Um, They haven't been home a lot of them for a couple of years, um, some of them have, um, I think, missed the birth of their children um, or, or at least, you know, kind of had to rush home quickly to, to be there or that kind of thing. And and, that, and they would have missed a lot of big events. Like I remember playing footy, like I would miss a lot of weddings. You know, everyone's got their wedding on a Saturday or, a, you know, Saturday or Friday or whatever. So I'll be playing footy. I couldn't go to the wedding. So I missed a lot of friends' weddings. Uh, you miss out on birthday parties because you're getting ready for a game. Um, you know, when you are the entertainment on the weekend, so to speak, um, you, you miss out on a lot of the other things that your, you know, friends and family are doing. So there's that kind of, there's those kind of elements that go with, um, you know, playing playing footy. But I think particularly now in the bubble, uh, it's just been, you know, um, it's extreme uh, because I think basically you go to training, you go back to the hotel, you go to a game, you go back to the hotel. Um, you know, there's just there's just nowhere to go. And so, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty it's pretty rough. And uh, you know, one of the stresses of probably the biggest stress of being a rugby league player is just that you're under a, a lot of pressure because um, mm. because you are your performance is is what everyone looks at. And if your performance isn't good, then you you don't get a new contract. You don't get picked in the team. That kind of stuff. And so, it's a lot of pressure to perform um, to sort of keep your livelihood. And along with that comes all the you know, put yourself out there in public, people get to comment and, you know, that's just hard. And so when you're, usually you can sort of get away from it, you know, when you're living at home or but when you're living in a hotel and you're just around it all the time, I imagine that yeah, there's a lot of guys that are probably feeling, feeling the stress and can't wait for the season to be over. Um, you know, you, you want to win games, but I think they'll be pretty happy when, you know, this week, the last round, you know, they'll, they'll be able to go home. Totally, yeah. It's hard to imagine what that's like, um, that scrutiny as, as an individual person as well as a team and then you know, media, rumours and everything else, yeah. 
Um, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, I guess kind of now moving to post post NRL, um, thinking broadly, like not everyone, like you said, gets the career that you, the longevity of the career that you had. Um, do people tend to struggle, uh, you know, post, you know, they've spent all their childhood youth, you know, young adult life, uh, idolizing and loving this game. Not everyone gets to be a commentator afterwards uh, and, you know, even <laughs> breathe it. Um, most people don't even. So what, I guess, what does it life look like for most uh, footy players afterwards uh, from your experience yeah. as friends and teammates? Yeah, so you're right. Um, what's, what's really strange about, um, being a, a football player is that you do sort of go from high school, mostly most most of the guys that played for a long time go straight out of high school into um, a footy career, and they're in that for like ten or so years. And so yeah, you sort of come out of a rugby league career in your thirties, having done nothing else besides play football really since high school. <laughs> and so you kind of find that you're at the level if you if you want to go into work or something, you're at the level of a of a year twelve or you know year thirteen. Um, sort of kid uh so it's pretty it's pretty sort of it cuts you down pretty quick in a lot of ways um and you know a lot of people really struggle with retirement because um a lot of people attach their identity to their football and as soon as that's gone it's like well who am i what do i want to do now and so yeah a lot of guys really struggle with it um nrl's got a great program where they try and help you with the transitions which is really good because uh, they recognize that it's really really tough for a lot of guys um, yeah, it's great. If you're Andrew Johns or someone, you can go do some commentary, which is cool, but there's not many Andrew Johnses out there. So a lot of guys just have to, um, you know, they sort of learn a trade or do something when they're, when they're playing footy and they come out and do something like that. But it's pretty, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a real, uh, step down in terms of, um, energy. Um, I guess what I noticed when I stopped playing was, uh, I, I, I'd got addicted to the the rush and the challenge of playing a game every week, and when that was gone, I didn't really know what to do. Like I didn't I didn't have that outlet for sort of competitive, um, you know. So you know, beating your kids in the backyard is not the same as uh, <laughs> in footy. Beating them in footy or something is not the same as playing on the weekend. So you know, you sort of you, your lifestyle really changes pretty quickly. Um, you know, like your your, your career so for a lot of guys, their career is going to end on on the weekend, the last round of footy, and that'll be it. Uh, and that's that's a pretty abrupt end to something you've been doing for a long time. So, yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, I, I feel like I did okay because I had good good family support. Uh, obviously, had had my uh, my belief in God and, and that relationship where I, that's where I find my identity. And so that was still a challenge, but um, I had a lot of good support around me, so I could sort of do it okay. Hmm. Yeah, I can see that being, yeah, such a struggle. Um, I guess, zoning in on you now, what what was that transition? I know you were studying part-time, I believe, the last year or so at uh, Moore College. Um, so you're doing part-time study while um, yeah, playing footy every week. That's quite the, um, the weekly schedule. What did that look like for you? What was transitioning like for you? What are you doing now? Um, do you want to share a bit about that? Yeah, so when I when I stopped when I stopped playing, um, so, you know, I was, you know, we didn't make the finals. So my last game was round 25, 26, whenever it was, back in 2015. And that was the end of my career. And the following year, I went and studied full-time at Moore College, Bible College in Sydney. And I did that for a couple of years because I've been doing it part-time before that. 
Um, and that was that was a massive change of pace, obviously, going from a rugby league team to a Bible college. And uh, but it was it was wonderful because uh, I didn't realise how much a, a football culture can influence, um, you know, how you behave and think and, and live until I kind of got out of that into a, a different culture. And so that was that was really good time in my life. And I studied um, there for a couple of years. And I came out of that and started working uh, in a church, uh, being a, a minister. And, you know, that's that's been uh, that's been really cool. And so I've been doing that since for the last four years or so. Um, and that's been that's been kind of my transition. Um, and that's, you know, I think when I, when I retired, I probably could have played a few more years, like if I really, really wanted to. Like I could have squeezed a bit more out of the body. But I was just thinking, uh, I don't want to keep playing footy forever. Like I really want to do something else. And so it was just like it was the right time to move on and do something else. And so, yeah, I look back and I'm just yeah, really pleased with, with the career I had but also really happy to get out when I did and, and move on as well. For sure. What, um, you know, starting to be, studying Bible college for four years uh, and all of that, uh, that's not your average, uh, you know, transition. Um, do you want to tell us more about like what made you go from that, I guess, footy to, to church, you know, ministry? Um, yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a it's a long it's a kind of a longish story. If I give you the short version, in that I you know I'd, I'd become a Christian uh, about the same time I started playing for the Sharks, just for the end of high school, and and that for me was a massive change in my life. And I started to to learn more about uh, Christianity, uh, learn more about you know the Lord Jesus and what it means to live for Him, and that's that's life changing. And it's something that you grow in over time. And so I was I was growing as a Christian the whole time I was playing football, and and I guess eventually I sort of I just I grew into wanting to not just know the things myself, but help others to know them and to teach them to others. And so I realised I need to know a lot more than I do. I need to know how to teach it better and all that kind of stuff. And so that sort of put me on that path of, of study and of, and of learning from others and training and that kind of stuff in Christian ministry um, and to the point where I guess it's all I wanted to do. And I think um, when, when you truly understand the gospel message, um, it's, it's the most important thing for everyone in the whole world. And, and so that just, it just kind of grips your life and it's all you want to do. Um, you know, amongst all the other things you have to do, like have a job and all that kind of stuff. But it, it's really the focus of your life. And so for me, I, I saw an opportunity to make it a full-time focus for my life, to make it my work, so to speak. And so when that opportunity came up, um, I, I took it. And so, yeah, left footy and now, yeah, working full-time um, in, in ministry, which is basically I, I want to know God better and I want to help others to know him. And basically, that's that's what I do full time now. Um, you know, people think ministers just work on Sunday. It, you know, there's a lot more involved than just the Sunday. Um, so, uh, yeah, love it. It's great work. Can't get enough of being the uh, the weekend entertainment, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, performing on the on a Sunday now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's it. Yeah, yeah. You go to weddings on the Saturday now. Um, that's <laughs> awesome. That's super encouraging, and um, really appreciate you sharing that uh, with us. Um, I guess one last question, if I if I may, while we're running out of time, would be: What was it like 
as a Christian uh, and a footy player, was there, you know, was that uh, attention? Was that really difficult? Um, what was that experience like? Yeah, I think the, the, the thing that's really helpful about this is um, I thought people ask me, it must be really hard being a Christian footy player. You know, and I always sort of think about it and go, actually, it wasn't really. Like most people are pretty respectful of, of your beliefs and that kind of thing. And so it was never a, a really a challenge, um, you know, and, and I, I sort of I managed to avoid the kind of things that you want to avoid, like the, the drinking and the kind of those kind of party elements. Uh, I managed to avoid those pretty, pretty easily. Um, but I think the thing that I didn't notice when I was there that was really actually probably quite harmful was just the influence that just that that culture can have upon you and and not in any kind of kind of evil ways but just in terms of um, the things that that culture values and the way they think about themselves and work and just just their general worldview is so different to the the biblical worldview um, that you just really get carried along by you know I think of you know Romans chapter 12 and where Paul says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And really, being in that football culture, uh, it's a conforming culture. <laughs> and any culture we live in is like that, whether it's uni or our workplace or, or anything like that. Um, it, it's conforming us to the values of that culture. And so I didn't even notice that when I was playing footy. And like I said, it was only when I sort of went out of that into a different place that I sort of could look back and go, well, I was really being influenced heavily by those those guys and and, and just that whole rugby league culture. Um, and in terms of, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a godly culture, let's say. Um, and so I, I just recognised that's that was the thing that was, I guess, having the biggest impact on me. I didn't even realise it. Um, and so that's I think that's the lesson that I learned: just the the subtle ways that the people we hang out with and the things that we do can really change us. Um, and so, yeah, being a Christian footy player was, I didn't think it was that hard at the time, but as I look back, it was probably, yeah, it was probably pretty tough. So, you know, you look back and you go, God God took care of me. Uh, God protected me. God carried me through that and got me got me out of it, so to speak, um, intact with, you know, in faith. And so, yeah, I just look back and I'm thankful. Awesome. Uh, one final question. Penrith first Eels this week. Uh, I'm sure you're back in the Panthers and I'm back in the Eels. Uh, any guess on score difference? What do you, hopefully look, it's age as well for me, not for you. Yeah. What do you yeah, think? Look, yeah, look, Par- Parramatta have, um, they've, they've come out at the right time of the year, so to speak. Um, if you <laughs> want to be playing well, you want to be playing well at this time of the year. And so they've got that going for them. Uh, but in saying that, you know, where's it been the rest of the season? Like, I'm just, you know, it's it's been, uh, it's not been there. So, yeah. like, um, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be, I'm not too confident in in para. Um, I think the Panthers, uh, I, I think they can do it. You know what I mean? Like, they can do it. They've got the team. They've got the attitude. They've got the, they've got everything they need to succeed. But I think every time someone wins the comp, a lot of things have to go right. You know, you. you People can't be injured. Um, you've got to get that bounce of the ball. You've got to get that ref's call. Like all, all these little things have to go right. So mm. at the end of the day, it's 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 anyone's game. So, you know, I think there's there's probably three teams that can win it. Storm, Panthers, and I'll say on last week's performance, Parramatta 
They're the three teams. That's they're the dope. three teams that can win it. That's right. They're the three. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Third vote. <laughs> yeah, nice. Cool, cool, cool. Have you got a, a guess on the score difference this week? Oh, look, I think I think Panth- the Panthers win. And, um, oh, you, you know, I think they win by 10 plus. Um, Huge. But any, anything can happen. You know, it's, it's a game of footy. Yeah. It's a, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm going to I'm going to say field goal, one point, win, deal. That's what I'm going to say. That's my guess. <laughs> Just because I'm G- Guffer is not playing, but there's no Guffer. So that, yeah, I know that's that's why field goal and not by anything more than one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Dave, do you want to share uh, what church you're at? Um, where can people find you? I know you guys are online these days. Yeah, great. Love to. Yeah, people people looking for a church or they're at West. Uh, Amy Plains Anglican Church uh, is a great church. Doing some good stuff. Uh, Roger Cunningham, senior minister. I think you know him pretty well, Sam. Uh, he's he's doing a good job. Uh, so yeah, you can find us online. You can you can come out and see. Well, you can't see us in person at the moment, but when things open up again, uh, we'd love to have people out and see us. So yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for your time. Super appreciate it. Uh, you're listening to Who Does That Podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. Remember to like us on Facebook and join the community group where you can ask your questions to be asked in next time's podcast. (laughs) That was good. That was good.